Yud Shvat, Hei Tov Shen Tesvav. There's a bar Yitzchak on the road. Huh? There's a bar Yitzchak. Who? Shmuel bar 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 this Maimur was said Yud Shvat, Tavshin Tesvav, which is 1955, and it's based, as I explained last week, on Ois Hay, on the fifth chapter of Basi Lagani Tavshin Yud, the original Basi Lagani that the Rebbe Rayats gave out for Yud Shvat Tavshin Yud, the yard of his grandmother, which became his own Yom Histalkus, Yom Hilula. So chapter five, chapter five was explained in the Maimur of Basi Lagani Tavshin Tesvav. This Maimer, which is based on Basilagani, will analyze and dissect Ois Hay, the fifth chapter of Basilagani, in great detail, as we will see. He starts off with the Pasik in Shirashirim Basilagani Achosikala. In Perik Hay of Shirashirim, the beginning of chapter 5 of Shirashirim, the the Chassan tells the Kala, Basilagani Achosikala. I have come to my garden, my sister, my bride. The Kala, Shehashidim, Shehashidim is generally a marshal, it's a story of a tremendous um, dramatic relationship between the doida and the doid, between the lover and the beloved one, the groom and the bride, the male and the female, as a metaphor for the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people. And uh, there's off and on, the relationship goes off and on, it's extremely intense and extremely dramatic. The beginning of Perikei says, I have come to my garden, my sister, my bride, because she wants to be in the garden together with her beloved one. It says, On the Pasuk, on this Pasuk, Medrash says, Legani Lignuni. The Chaitz Legani is Lignuni. The Medrash doesn't say Legan. It should have said Basi Legana Chaisikal. Basi Legani also intimates another word which means Gnuni. Gnuni is, as the Mepharshim translate, the Matnas Kahuna and other Mepharshim, it's Chupas Chasanim. The Chupa for Chasanim, which means the custom used to be that during the Sheva Brachas, during the seven days after a chasana, a chasana and a kala had a special designated home or tent, a private place that was called the chuppah of the chasana and the kala. There's the chuppah that we call today the chuppah, the canopy at the wedding. But this was a chuppah that went for seven days. It was a home or a, 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 an encircled private area where the chasana and kala would spend private time for seven days. And that's where the relatives, family, friends would come to celebrate with them. That's where they would do Sheva Brachas. In Masech the Sukkah, you have Kilas Chasanim, the Chuppas Chasanim. The Gemara says over there in Sukkah that Ein Simcha Ela Bechuppa, that the real Simcha is in the Chuppa, is the place where the Chasan and Kala spend their time during the seven days after the wedding. That's Lignuni. Gnuni is that designated area where the Chasan and the Kala are after their wedding. So the Medrash Taichas Basi Ligani doesn't only mean garden, it means Lignuni. My Chuppa. In other words, the place that it's my permanent dwelling place of joy, of, of festivities, where I'm celebrating the marriage. So when the Hadichasin is saying, I'm coming back, coming Lagani, Lignuni, in other words, this is the place where Ikri was Metchila, where my Iker, my dear, he touches Ikri, dear Rossi, 
my primary residence, because again, Chupas Chasanam is the place that's the primary residence of the Chasan and Kala after the wedding. So I'm not just going to a place, I'm going to a place that's my primary residence. The Iker This is the Chiddush of the Madrashta. That the main primary residence, the Chupa, the place of the home of the Shechina, was where was Betachtoinim in this world, in the lowest world, Betachtoinim. Ella, the Madrasa Shachachina, they hated Sadas Vachatom Shalachim Shabo, while Yodi Silkus Ashkinimal Matalamail. The Madrasa says, however, this is in the beginning of creation. The beginning of creation, Iker Shechina, where was the place? The permanent place of the Shechina, Ikri Betchilo, was where? Betachtoin. But then there was the Chetet Tzadas, the sin of the tree of knowledge, and subsequent sins, and that caused the Shechina to depart and go more, go higher, beyond the earth. The Medr says that there were seven sins, right? Seven sins, the Chetet Tzadas, and the Chetet Tzadas caused the Shechina to leave from earth and to go to the first heaven. Then after that is the Chet of... Um, of Cain, Cain murdering his brothers, so he went to the second heaven, went more above, departed even higher, and then there was the third one was Enosh, um, uh, and the fourth one was um, was the Mabel, and the fifth one was the Hader Haflaga, the Tower of Bavel, and the sixth one was Daim, and the seventh one was the moral depravity in Egypt during the time of Avram Avinu, and that caused the Shechina to go, each sin so to speak, expelled the Shechina further and further. And then there were Tzadikim, and he goes again, there were seven Tzadikim. And each Tzadik brought down the Shechina from heaven number seven to heaven number six, five, four, three, two, heaven number one. is the seven. The seven Tzadikim are... Avraham, Yitzchak, the Medrash says there, Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Levi, Kahas, Amram is number six, and Moshe is number seven. And V'chol Ashvin, Chaviv, and all the sevenths are beloved. And Moshe brought the Shechina from heaven number one down back to the earth. And that's why it says, which refers to the day either of Matan Torah or the day that the Mishkan was built. So he says, I came, I came back to where Lagani, to my primary residence, because this used to be my place. I was just expelled. And now through Moshe, the Shechina came back. This is also the Avaid of all the Tzadikim. The Medrash says over there, They bring down, they bring forth. What we say, the Shechina. What's the Shechina? What we say in davening, shoichin ad modem v'kaddish. In shachris of davening, right? Shoichin ad. Shoichin ad modem v'kaddish. That which dwells eternally and is exalted and holy. Shayyir begili lamata. That it should be expressed, it should be real, it should be concrete down here below. That's the work of a tzaddik. How do they do this? The primary method to allow the world to become a place where the essence of the world, the essence of reality, godliness is, is expressed, is manifest, is through the Aved of Iskafi Sitrachah, which means subduing the Sitrachah, the shells, the husks, the darkness that eclipses the true nature of reality, the true nature of the world, and the fact that this is really the place of Ikershchina. Shaydeiza through Iskafi Sitrachah, 
There's an expression in the Zohar. When when unholiness, the opposite of holiness, the other side, is subdued, so the glory, Yikara, the glory of Hashem, is, is the, the istalik. So what does istalik mean? We touch istalik, the parts. But there istalik means, as he says in the, in the, says in the brackets, Shepidu sheikanu, not istalik leaves. Shenimtze lamata b'derech gilui, ela shubayfun shalroimimus hanikri b'shem istalik. The reason the, the term istalik is used, which istalik is like the word istalkos, because what's the real concept? The real concept is, that it's going it's to say it's a type of oir, which is in an oifen of roimimus, it's exalted, and therefore you use the word istalik. So istalik, he called it, which is the word istalik, which energy, which light is revealed, not only the light of Mamala Kalaman, which is the Pchin of Elikus, that's tailor-made and limited, according to the identity of every creature, and therefore is concealed in every creature, but Saiv of Kalaman, the infinite, ultimate, true reality of godliness, which is Bechulu and it's in all the worlds identically, because it's not, it's not restricted or limited according to the limited Caleb of each nivra, and that happens through Eskafi the Sitrachana. And that's why it's called the Stalik, because the Gilu Yisraelifin of Remimos, it remains exalted. Now generally, this Havayda, of bringing the Shechina B'Tachtoinim, which was the Havayda of Moshe, and all of the Tzadikim, is represents the function of the Mishkan and the Beis HaMikdosh. It says clearly that the function of the Mikdosh was to bring the Shechina, Shechina, B'Tachom among them. And that's the reason why the primary service in the Beis HaMikdosh consisted of Karbonus, sacrifices. There were other Avaidas they did. They lit the Menorah, they had the bread, they burnt incense, but the main Avaida was Karbonus. That was the primary Avaida in the Mishkan and in the Mikdosh. In Karbonus, you have both of these movements, both of these positions, both of these concepts, Halah, which means elevation, sublimation, and amshach, that which you bring down as a result. Shadei b'karbonus, b'karbonus, it says in the Pesukim, Ishei reyach nechoyach l'ashem. Ishei, it's a fire, reyach nechoyach l'ashem, which creates an aroma by Hashem. So Ishei, when you know, lo'am el-mata l'mayla. Ishei is the fire which represents, a fire goes up from below, higher. What does it mean spiritually in a person's life? To the word carbon is from the word kiruv, to bring his koiches, his faculties and his chushim, his talents, his resources, his personality traits closer. And through this ishei, so now there's a reciprocal response. There's halah, which is what you bring forth, and there's amshacha, what you elicit as a response. The pleasure that you create, that my will was done. Nachas also comes, Miloshin Nechoyz Darga. Gemara says in Yevamis, Nachas means like, Nachas is to descend, Nechoyz Darga, to go down a step. Shawinyan Hamshach Mamayalamata, Nachas Ruach represents the Hamshach, the flow that comes from higher to the to lower. Mamayalamata. This is also true in the person's avoid. Just like it was literally in the Beis Hamikdash, you had Ishay and you had Reich Nichoyach. So you also in avoid Shaydei avoid the Diskafi Sitrachenu Shuvinyan Shalalam Mamshichem Ereshu B'Chulu Alim B'Shav. 
that through the person's ishet, when a person subdues sitrach, what does it mean a person subdues sitrach? When a person battles and confronts their own darkness, their own sitrach, or their own inner drives or instincts or habits or emotions, whatever it is, that are essentially from sitrach, which means they're unholy and therefore they're superficial. So when a person battles that, so he accesses that oil that energy of Hashem, which is identical in all the worlds, which we call Seif of Kalaman. So there's Allah, and it creates Hamshacha. So what happened in the Mishkan, Vashachanti B'Saycham, happens by every person through their carbon, individually, and that's the idea that through this, the Shechina comes into the Tachtayna. For there to be the concept of Avoida, we're saying the Avoida of Iskafia, there obviously has to be the reality of Sitrachra that covers over truth. And because Sitrachra means the other side, Sitra means side, Achra means other. In other words, the other side means, as it says in Tanya, anything that's, what's the other side? It doesn't even have a name. See, the other side, the other side of what? The other side, anything that's not Kedusha is called Sitrachr. So the read, the Sitrachr covers over the truth, and a person could make a mistaken thing, that even when he violates Ratzin Hashem, he still retains that same relationship, that same, Jew, same Jewishness, because it's a Ruach Shtus, which allows him to be over the Aveda. In other words, Sitra Achira has another word for it. It's called Klippa, right? Klippa. What does the word Klippa mean? What does the word Klippa mean? A peel, a peel, like a banana peel. A shell, a husk. It's Klippa. Two names, Klippa, Sitra Achira. And Tanya always interchanges both names. Sometimes it's Klippa, sometimes Sitra Achira. What's, what's the idea that something is called klippa? What does it mean it's called a shell? It's called a husk. It's an interesting name for something. You say, this is a klippa. What does it mean, a klippa? So, we hear this name usually as young children, so we learn not to understand it. In other words, it, there's a lot of depth to the name klippa. It's a very, very uh, sophisticated idea behind the name klippa. I want to explain it to you. Klippa represents basically something that its entire existence <clears throat> is based on a cover-up, on a shell. It's not just you calling it a clipper because it covers over. <clears throat> That's its very existence, meaning if there wouldn't be a cover-up, it wouldn't be able to exist. The reason it has an ability to exist is because there is a cover-up. What that means is what that means is something very interesting. That if there would be no cover-up, it would cease to exist. The only reason it could exist is because it is Klippa. It's part of a world that covers up, and as a result of the fact that it's covering up reality, therefore it has strength, therefore it has viability, therefore it has validity, therefore it has life, therefore it has vitality. So really what has to happen is expose reality. The moment you expose reality, it has no, no substance. Let's give a practical example. Okay. If something has, you see something in the store, 
or you see an ad for something, and it has a beautiful, beautiful, it's all in presentation, all commercials about presentation. It, it triggers your appetite, right? That the whole industry of, of, of advertisement, billions of dollars are spent to trigger people's appetite and to make them feel that if they don't have this iPhone, they're not human. <coughs> if they don't have this new machine, if they don't have this, this new toy, there's something missing. And if they do have it, they'll become happy. And most of us fall for it. We fall for it, like most people. And the reason we fall for it is because the packaging is gewaldic. Now sometimes you buy something that may be defected, or may be useless, or may actually be disturbing your life. But what's the difference? The packaging was beautiful. The shell was very powerful. Once the shell is powerful, even though inside, it's not the truth, but that's the power of a cover-up. Now anything that its existence is based on a cover-up, meaning its power comes because it's covering up reality, this is what we call klipper. What's its koyach? Its koyach is, it's not saying the full truth. Now, let's go to the nimshal. Whenever it says in Tanya, or Chzidus, any svara, klipper, yeah, this comes from klipper. <laughs> so, we have to do a little reframing. Because what, what does it mean? It's a very powerful way of determining <coughs> how your life is going. Any thought you have, any thought you have, 24 hours a day, any thought, instinct, habit, emotion, inclination, okay? Any action, any word, any emotion. Ask yourself one question. Is this thought based on a cover-up or it's not based on a cover-up? Meaning... What's the appeal of this machshava? What's the appeal of this craving? I have a taiva that falls into me. Every, every person has their taivas. What? And it's very powerful, and you want to go ahead and do it. Right? Or the taiva is fakert, not to do. Whatever it is. So ask yourself one question. What's its koyach? If all truth was exposed, if everything was exposed, everything was on the table, will the taiva still have a koyach? So you could do this experiment. Next time you have a strong taiva, tell the taiva, no problem. We'll do it, but first I want to do a little research on you. Let me do research. Let me make a chaj benefits. Kedai, what's going to be the benefits? What are going to be the results? You'll see that the taiva will say, no, 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 no. Now. Now. N-O-W. Now. Why? Whether it's food, whether it's an inion of, of, of uh, other, uh, a destructive substance, whether it's a certain act, whether it's whatever it is, a certain addiction, a certain inclination, now, right now, 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 now. Why? Parshat. The Taiva knows the moment you put it under the light, the moment you start scrutinizing it, the moment you start dissecting it, the moment you say, you know what? Let me think about it for a week. I'll discuss it with friends. I'll discuss it with my wife, sure. I'll discuss it with other people. Let me discuss it with my mentors. And then I'll get back to the Taiva. No, right now. This is the secret to happiness. Why does the Taiva know? Poshant. Because the, its power is that it covers up. Power is it doesn't let you be rational. It doesn't let you be real. It doesn't let you be authentic. It doesn't let you take everything into Cheshbon. The power is external packaging and stimulation that gets you into its trap through its glittering, its glittering uh, allure, its glittering veneer. That's its kayach. What's Kedusha? You know what Kedusha? You know the definition of Kedusha? Kedusha is this. Any machshave, thought, taiva, experience, emotion in the world. Yeah. 
that you could put it under the light for 30 years and it will remain intact. You can expose everything, remove all coverings, and it will still have the same appeal, then you know it's Kedush. So the Kayach of Klippa is always that there's a cover-up. And whenever there's a cover-up, you cannot tolerate exposure. I mean, imagine if you have a business or a mice an institution, a school, a shul, a company, a website, whatever it is, that's completely based on fraud. Yeah? And somebody wants to see the books. Do you expose the books? You know, it's the worst thing. You don't want to show the books. Why do you want to show the books? Because if you show the books, they can see what's going on. What happens if it's completely honest? Then you don't mind if it's transparent. What do you care? Look through the books. You're not going to find anything. Klippis Koyach is always, it'll never open up the books. It has to cover it up. You know why? Because if it tells you the whole truth, it's not going to have any power. Boom, gone. Delete it. Kedusha says, expose me. Expose me as much. Look me in my eyes. Expose me. Ask what you want. It's not going to go away. Why? Why? What's the key difference? The key, key issue is this. Klippis existence comes from covering up truth. So therefore, it's allergic to too much honesty. Kedusha's existence is truth. So what do I care if it's exposed? Scrutinize me for the next 20 years. It's not going to go away. A need, a craving that comes from Kedusha is not going to go away. Because even in your most sober, relaxed, happy, wholesome place, you're still going to want it. Clip is feeding off cover-ups. It's telling you you need this when it's destructive for you. It's telling this you crave this when really you crave it because of a terrible void you have and it's not going to help you in any way. V'chulu, v'chulu, v'chulu. Everybody understands this. You get it in the Kudu. It's a gewaldic word from the Baal Shem Tov. There's a sefer called Eid HaMeir. Eid HaMeir. It's one of the early Sifrei Chesidus. Reb Volf Zhitomer. Reb Zei Volf of Zhitomer. A comment from the Baal Shem Tov. So I saw once a Vardy on Megillus Esther. Soon start the Hachanas to put him. So, He asks, what's Negea the whole first chapter of Megillah? To the story. What's Negea to the story is yeah, that Vashti was removed or killed and Esther was taken as the new queen. How Vashti was removed? Why was she removed? Because she didn't come to the party, she didn't show up for the melech, or because she did something else. If you want to tell me the whole story, so tell me how Vashti was born. Maybe tell me how she became a queen. That the Bosset doesn't say. To the story of Purim, how and why Vashti was removed. Because Achashverosh was drunk, and Ketoyv Leiva Melech Bayayin, he invited Vashti to come, and she didn't want to, Right? She said, He got angry. And Memuchan told him, there's soon going to be a feminist revolt in the whole country. Let's get rid of her. It's an interesting story. So Baal Shem Tev says, that this, this part of the story is the essence of Purim. Because the Gemara says, why didn't Vashti want to show up? Yeah. The Gemara says in Megillah that Achashosh didn't want her to come. He wanted her to come in her birthday suit. Like Adam and Chava before the Chetet Sadas because of her beauty. Yeah? Vashti didn't want to. So the Gemara says a story that her body wasn't in the best condition, etc. Masechta Megillah. Zak the Helech listen to this. Achashvedish, it says in Svarim, 
Ramah brings Mechir Yayin, the Ramah, other Svarim, Achashvedish is a combination of three words. Achadis, Vedeshis, Shaloi. Achashvedish is three words. The end and the beginning belong to him. Acharis, Vedeshis, Shaloi. So Achashvedish is a marshal also for Hashem. The beginning and the end, the end and the beginning is his, like Hoya Hoiva Viyya. In life, at some point, the king of kings summons everybody to come without clothes, without lavush, without clothes, without cover-ups. At some point, he wants you to show up without clothes. What's the result when it comes to Vashti? <laughs> she ceases to exist. It's not she was killed. When Vashti is removed from her clothes, there's no Vashti anymore. Why? The Metzius of Vashti is close. What's the famous story? The emperor has no clothes, right? But here's the other way. The clothes have no emperor. When you remove the clothes of Vashti, you have no Vashti. So when Achashverosh says to Vashti, come without clothes, there's no Vashti left. Why? The power, the appeal of Vashti is packaging, garments, cloaks, Cover-ups. That's its power. Imagine in relationships, somebody, <laughs> I'm going to get too psychological now, but you'll understand in a kudda. Sometimes there's a person who feels that inherently they have no value. And yet they want to be accepted. We all want validation in life. We all want to have some, you know, society. So what do they do? So for the rest of their life, they often wear a mask. I don't mean a physical mask. That too, they may dress up in, in lovely garments to leave an impression. But what it means, they wear a mask is they never allow anybody to see their natural self. They don't even let themselves see their true selves. They develop this shtick. You know, how they talk, how they schmooze, how they communicate, how they say good morning, how they say good night, how they deal, how they wheel. And somehow through that, they feel that now they'll be accepted and validated and their image becomes kosher in their own eyes. What's the tragedy? The tragedy is, it's all a facade. There's, there's no person. There's no person there. And when you take away the facade and you look for the person, you don't find that person anymore. They may, have, they may not know who they are. There's a medrash that says somewhere that there's three parts to every person. There's who you are, there's who you think you are, and there's who other people think you are. <laughs> the question is, how many people are all the three the same? who you are, who you think you are, and then who other people think you are. There's a Misa, one of the famous Chalem stories. There was a Yid once, he was traveling. I said this story recently, I think you're Kislev at one of the Fabrengans. So he was traveling, he was a Chalem Yid, and, um, and uh, he went to sleep. So he asks the, the, the person in the cabin there, the conductor, to wake him up at four in the morning because he has to get off at the next stop in Chalem, or whatever, some nearby Polish city. And he goes to sleep, it's pitch dark, and he goes to sleep. A few hours later he wakes up, it's so dark, so he put, doesn't realize he puts on the clothes of his shachan, who also went to sleep, was a Russian general. So he puts on the clothes of the Russian general, and he goes home, he goes home, his wife looks, was a yankle, it's meshuga? He says, what's the problem? He says, take a look in the mirror. He takes a look in the mirror, and he sees he's dressed up so beautifully. <laughs> a real charmant, a Russian general. So he tells his wife, he says, I always said that the Russian conductors are morons. Shlimazalim, Why? He woke up the Russian general instead of me. 
So, it's, it's an anecdote, but in life it's not such an anecdote. Because when a person starts identifying themselves with their garments, with their facades, with their costumes, I don't only mean physical costumes, that's, that's, a, that's one type of klippa, levushim, when who you are is based on what you wear. But it has to do with facades, even personalities of facades, there's no person there. And when you feel that that's the only way you could live, because the moment you, I, you, moment you see me, there's no me left, that's tragic. That's called a life of klippa. A life of klippa means a tragic life, a pathetic life, a, 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 an impoverished life. It's, it's a nebach life. Does the klippa know that it's, it's a facade? Oh, it... very good. Does the klippa know? There's two pchines of klippa. There's klippas neig and this whole ship is up neis. What's the difference? In one klippa, there's still a hergish that, that there's a facade. There's still a feeling. So there's a lot of hope. We could deal with it. And sometimes the clipper is completely unaware. The clipper becomes the clipper becomes the substance in its own mind. You know the famous Maisa with Rabhilla. Rabhilla Parach, they say by Khsin was once fabrenging. And there was no wine left on the table. So he sent one of the Khevra to go down to the keller, to the to the cellar, to go keller, cellar, to go uh, to go get wine. And it was pitch dark. So the guy, person goes down, he wasn't used to, he says, it's a finster, it's a finster. So somebody screams, don't worry, wait there a few minutes and you'll get used to it. So the chassid screams, and he says, that's what I'm afraid of, that I'm going to get used to the darkness. That the hester is behester. The concealment is concealed, meaning... The darkness is also concealed. You don't know it's dark, so it becomes light. That's already a level where the person is really far from themselves because they don't even know they're lying. At least if I'm lying, I know I'm lying. Maybe, maybe I'll feel bad. If I, if I think what my lies are the truth, then it's a very, it's a very deep tragedy. There's, a re, there's real desperation. Yutoifus. So when Vashti exposes her clothes, there's no Vashti left. That's the Koyach of Vashti. The whole Koyach is... That truth is not revealed. Kedusha is the exact opposite. Kedusha thrives on emes. It thrives on real exposure. What do I mean by real exposure? It thrives on not, being, not, not having anything covering up and disguising the truth. So this is a klal in life. In Tanya you always talk about things that come from klipper, things that come from kedusha. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? So I want you to understand it. it, it in, in, in the true, profound meaning of what it really means. I have an instinct. I have an instinct, right? I should go here. I should do this. I should eat it. I shouldn't do this. I should, whatever. I should go to this website. Whatever the instinct is. Ask yourself one question. How deep is this instinct? What do I mean, how deep is this instinct? Let's put this instinct under light. Let's analyze it. Let's dissect it. Let's bring it to experts. Let's sleep on it. Let's work it out. Let's see if you're... If you're not in a depressed, lonely, bored mood, do you still have this instinct? Is it really coming from a place of, 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 of inner of, of inner moichin, of inner power, of inner shleimus, of inner direction, of simcha, or it's coming from desperation? The moment it's coming from desperation, stop, ask. So why are you falling prey to it? Whenever I live with a cover-up, that means I'm living with clear. That's called ruach shtus, insanity. What does it mean? What he says here, it covers over truth. What's the ultimate truth? What's the ultimate truth? 
There's a lot of truth, yeah? I may crave a piece of cake that's very damaging to my body. It's extremely damaging to my body. Do I want it? Of course I want it. Do I really, really want it? What if I eat it? I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get lethargic. I'm going to get... Some people, you eat, sometimes you eat certain things. It puts you into a bad mood, right? So do you really want it? Does your body really, really yearn for this? Of course not. But superficially, your taste buds will get a fast high by eating this. I'm giving a simple example of food, and you'll give the examples that are more intimate and are more, uh, sometimes even more destructive, right? So superficially, I crave it. But does the real I crave it? If my eye was really in a, in, in a wholesome place, does it really crave it? It's, it's some amavas for you. This is poison. This is poison. <laughs> Elamai, your eye is now covered up. And very often in life, we're not in touch with our true eye. How often in your day are you really in touch with your true desires, with your true yearnings, with your true essence? We operate on that level. And the whole chiddush of... The whole. One of the great chiddushim of Tanya, we're learning now, Tanya, Perekit Beis, yeah, you're learning Perekit Beis, Perekit Allah, Perekit is what... Is, you don't get rid of the clipper in life. But you have to be able to identify it and you could never become a victim of it, a slave of it. That's the whole chiddush of the Benini. The tzaddik doesn't have clipper. Doesn't have this issue. Sees things, sees reality. The other, the ordinary person has this tension between the two sides. There's clipper and there's no clipper. But you always have to be able to differentiate. That's the first step. Differentiate and not to become a victim of it. So it exists. So fine. So you had an instinct. So that's why you have to worship it. And this translates into many other areas of life. But you get, you get the Nekuda, right? Any questions? Yeah. So what happens if... It's good you're here to ask questions. What should I tell you? No? <laughs> you want to know what happens if a person is in a cult? No. I'm just talking. Yeah. <laughs> Happens if sometimes it's not so clear cut. Like the Philippine says in Hayyanian that uh, there's, there's a Hasidish. A Hasidish Yetzahara. So what happens with Azaidin Azupitza? It's not a Supreme Court. I get home at 8 right. and uh, my wife is putting down the kids and I have to run after a shear because I'm so. Because so you're so holy. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the old anecdote, the Gemara says in Brachas that Avram instituted chakras. Of course not. <laughs> We're experts in making sure that no subject, God forbid, deals with real reality. It's always somebody else, somewhere else. The Gemara says that Avram instituted chakras, Yitzchak Mincha and Yaakov Meilev. Right? Why Yaakov Maidev? L'chayda Maidev is the first prayer. It's the beginning of the day. By us, the night comes before the day. Shurban Avram. So there's an old anecdote. And that is that Yaakov, Avram Avinu, he had a boy at Yitzchak, Yishmael. Yitzchak had a boy, Yaakov, Esav. Yaakov Avinu came home. Yeah? Leah tells him, listen, Yaakov. Reuven has a virus. Shimon has an earache. Levi didn't get the flu shot. Yehuda is bechal in a bad mood. Yisachar didn't have a bath in two weeks. Zvulun hasn't seen you in a year. Yaakov, come on. So Yaakov says, Maidiv, Maidiv, Maidiv. <laughs> if you were Yaakov, you wouldn't be besakant for the service. I would also be besakant for the service. You come on Baruch Hashem, you could run to Maidiv. Huh? Or a Shia, yeah. yeah. So... You're, you're 100% right. There's an expression of the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe once said, Vos means to. 
Esav is going in with 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 a thicker strick. You think Esav went uh, thick, uh, thick dense pants and thick robes. Esav is going in with a streimel and a zayden and a zayden and a zupitzer. Esav walked around with a streimel and and a silk silk uh, silk kapota. There's an unbelievable word from the Kotzke Rebbe. Gewaldige word. Parsha Shlach. What does it say? It says that the Miraglim, the ten spies, told the Jews that you can't go to Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Achelos Yeshua, we're going to die. We have to stay in the desert, right? And Yeshua and Kolev protested. Toivo, Eretz, Ma'od, Ma'od, Oloi, Nalav, Yerashim. So then the Pesach says in Parsha Shlach that Yeshua and Kolev, the two remaining spies, Karu Bigdeim, they tore their garments. Ask the Kotzke, what does it help? They tore their garments, Tom, to tear your garments. Pashtas are Avelis. He says, Pshat in the Pasuk is, Karu Bigdehem. Not they tore their own garments. They tore the Godim of the Ten Meranglim. The Meranglim were wearing long kapotas, big streimlach. They just came from the mikveh. Karu Bigdehem. They Hold tore on. their Godim. Stop wearing zayt kapotas and, 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 and making believe that you're Groysa Yidin and Groysa Maminim. Tell them the truth. The truth are, your rabble rousers rebelling against Hashem, rebelling against Moshe Rabbeinu. Karu Bigdeim, exposed. Get rid of the Bgadim. Get look with the Bgadim. And this is, this is a very important challenge in life because sometimes the voice, Hakoil, you could touch. Hakoil could be the curl of Yaakov, but the Adayim is Yidei Esav. The voice is a very holy voice, but the action is Yidei Esav. You know, Moira de Kavart, they say, when the Vilna Gaon signed on the Chelem against uh, the Chesidim, the Alter Rebbe, the Chesidim, so there was uh, Reb Chaim Valojene. Reb Chaim Valojene. It's not signed. It doesn't sign on the it didn't sign on the Chelem. So there's a Maisa they say. Some people say it about him and some people say it about another one of the very big Rabbonim, Reb Fall Hamburger, Reb Fall of Hamburg. Also a Talmud of the Vilna Gaon didn't sign on the Chelem. Say a Maisa, they came to sign on the Chelem, so uh, they refused. Refused. Why they refused? Vilna Gaon signed. So the Maisa goes as follows. Abchaim Valashin has said, I'm not signing on such a Chedim because the Chedim was really, was very, uh, was very tragic, was very sharp, was very nasty. You know, it, it dismissed Chedim from Klal Yisrael. Can't be in their Dalaramas, you can't eat from their Shchiti, you can't drink from their Yayin Their blood is different than other Jews' blood, etc. Very tragic, very tragic. So I told Abchaim Valashin, your Rebbe, the Vilna Gaon, signed. Yeah, but he's not signed. He said, but your Rebbe is the Hamalach Hashem Tzvois. He's an angel of God. If he signed, you could sign. So Abchayim Valoshin has said this. It says, by the Akedah, it says, Hashem tells him, Take your son and bring him as a carbon. Right? So he brings him. What happens? He builds the Mizbeach. He ties Yitzchak on the Mizbeach on top of the wood. Right? He takes the sword, he wants to slaughter his son. What happens? An angel calls out and says, Don't touch the lad. Yitzchak's life is spared. I don't understand. Who told Avram Avinu to do it? Hashem himself. Who tells him not to do it? The Malach. What, where did God God went on a vacation? You told him to do something. Tell him to stop. No. Now he sends a Malach. Shabchaim Valoshin has said, to tell a Jew not to shecht another Jew 
you could send a malach. It's enough. You could send an angel. But if you're going to tell a Jew to shecht another Jew, you don't send a malach. You've got to come yourself. If a malach tells you to shecht another Jew, you don't listen to him. If Hashem himself tells you, fine. My Deb is a malach Hashem voice. But if I have to slaughter another Jew, God himself has to tell it to me. And he did not sign the Chayah. Avart, huh? Avart. So sometimes the voice can be a very, very holy voice. Hakoil kol Yaakov, but it's Yadayim Yidei Esau. It's a different type of voice. It's a different type of message. So you want to know what's the parameter. Right? What's the parameter? I don't know if there's a klal for every situation. But let's discuss a few major parameters. Parameter number one is... The Rambam says, Kol shalom ba'olam. The Rambam says at the end of Hilchas Chanukah from the Gemara and Shabbos, if you have Ner Chanukah and Ner Shabbos, you have only enough money to buy either Chanukah candle or Shabbos candle. Enough oil for Shabbos, what do you do? Right? What's the halacha? Ner Shabbos kaidem. Why? Because it's for Shalom bias. And the Rambam adds, The whole Torah was, was given to create peace. So therefore, since Chanukah is presuming this, and Shabbos is Shalom Bayis. This, this overrides this. That's a major parameter. In other words, if the message is to do something that's ultimately going to create conflict, machloikas, the lack of Shalom Bayis, the lack of love and positive energy in the home, you've got to be very, very suspicious. You have to be very suspicious. Because anything that undermines Shalom Bayis, you have to be very suspicious of it. I can't say it's always wrong, but you have to be very, very suspicious. I, the person is screaming, it's your base Tammuz, it's your Teskislev, it's your Shvat, it's the Gimel Tammuz, it's your Aleph Nisan, the Chanukah Purim Shvuz. Very nice, but be very, very suspicious. That's one parameter. And generally, if it's, if it's going to create tension, if it's going to create conflict, if it's going to create negative energy between parents and children, between people and their spouses, and homes and communities, you have to be very suspicious. That's one of the great parameters. Another, another major parameter is Maisevapoyal, meaning if something is going to lead to positive results in action, it's usually a simon that it's good. If it's not, then the Cheshboinus could be very powerful. There's an old word by Chesidim, Gevaldekevart. You have two types of people. They both make a cheshben anefesh. They both make a calculation about themselves. Yeah? They both reach different conclusions. One guy makes a cheshben anefesh of who he is, and the summation is, I'm a loser. <laughs> I'm a shmata. My life is a piece of worth, worthless junk. That's my life. That's his sachakal. Okay. The other guy's sachakal is, there's so much blessing in me. There's so much blessing in my life. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. I, am, I should be happy and celebrate my existence and my Judaism. So Siddham used to say like this. It's possible that the first guy's actual cheshben was much more honest than the second guy's cheshben. Could be the first guy was honest, the second guy was delusional. But the first guy's sachakal is dead wrong. His cheshben, his checks and balances may all be right, but the sachakal, the bottom line is dead wrong. 
You're shmata, you should be depressed. The second guy could be, all of his chashboinus are completely wrong. He's in la-la land, he's delusional. But his sachakal is right. Sachakal is right, people samcha. So you always have, look, what's going to be the sachakal? If the sachakal is, it's going to be moisif in Yerushamayim. It's going to increase avas Hashem, avas HaTayra, avas Yisrael. If that's going to be the result, the action, then usually you're going, and then usually it's not clipper. If it's the other way, then it's dressed, it's, it's, it's dressed up. Can you always figure out? You can't do it. It's an old word by Chesidim. You know the word? That by a mitzvah and an Aveda, there's both an ah and an oi. There's ah, ah, and there's oi. The difference is only the order. That says by an Aveda, before an Aveda, it's always ah, I'm If you do this, it's going to be great. Right? Then you do it, and a half an hour later, it's like you feel lousy, you feel stupid, you feel you can't control yourself, you don't know how to so We all know this in our own stuff, our own weaknesses, but right before you do it, it's like, aha, this is going to be the great liberator of uh, your psychological issues. And then a half an hour later, you feel like, ah, shaita. So the oi comes after the ah. They said, by a mitzvah, it's the opposite. Before you do it, you know, should I go to the shir? <laughs> should I go dive with a minion? Should I go to the... Ah, yo, yo, do me a favor. It's Thursday night. It's been a hard week. I just want to sit on the couch. You know what I mean? Right? Then a half an hour later, when your wife puts you to work, it's, oh, I should have been at the shir. <laughs> but then, after you do it, when you do something positive later, you never feel bad. And that's a simon. It's a very big simon. That everyone said, that one of the simonim to know if you did something right or wrong when it's not clear is how you feel later. Long term, how you feel. If it's something positive, you don't feel bad. Now this is expressed also in one more major area. And that has to do with, with accountability. What do I mean by accountability? How, go, how easy for you is it to confess mistakes that you make in life? You don't all have to raise your hand at once. But how is it for you to go over to somebody and say, I apologize? Oh, right? For men it's hard, no? For most of us. It's very difficult. We say it, but we don't, you know, to really look somebody in the eyes and say, I'm sorry, it's very hard <coughs> to take accountability, right? Like Yehuda gets up and says, Tzotka, Mimeni, you know, I'm the one who did it, right? What, 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 does that, what does it really take? So I want you to understand what it really takes, what it really takes. It, this is the difference of Klippa and Kedusha. Okay? Most people think, okay, that if you're strong, if you're confident, right, then... You're not going to go and tell somebody, you know, I'm sorry. You're not going to make yourself a shmata. If you tell somebody, I'm sorry, that makes yourself a shmata. It's really exact the opposite. If your confidence is basically a shell, right? So what's the worst thing you can do? Remove that shell and expose your truth. Because then somebody might see that you are worthless and you're terribly afraid of that. In other words, when my life is a life of clipper, the worst thing I can do is remove the clipper and expose my truth because then I feel I cease to exist. But when you realize your MS, when you're not living with your clipper, you're living with your pnimius, which is Kedusha, and Kedusha is never based on concealment, it's always based on reality. So let's understand this. What's the ultimate truth? What, what's the ultimate cover-up and what's the ultimate truth? The ultimate truth is, what do we mean, the ultimate truth is, the ultimate truth is, 
the truth of the reality of Hashem in everything, in everybody, and in ev- everywhere. In a person too, what's your ultimate truth? Your You could remove all coverings, it's not going to change. So any taiva that comes from a place of Kedusha, it's going to stay forever, because if it's a reflection of Elikus, it's not based on cover-ups. Not based on the fact that somebody is disguising it. Take off all the clothes, it'll still be there. A taiva that comes with Tzad HaKadusha doesn't go away when you're in a good mood. Or when you're rested. Or when you're not hungry anymore. Or when you got your million dollars. It doesn't go away because it's the, it's the MS. So when a person also, if my muhus is coming with Tzad HaKadusha, so what's the problem if I come over to you and say, you know what, I did something wrong to you. I lied. I asked Mechila. What happens? What happens? It's very vulnerable. So what are you left with? What are you left with? When you realize your MS, that it's a chelik alikam imal, you're not going to melt. You're not going to lose your identity by being vulnerable. On the contrary, on the contrary, your mohus is an inyan of alakusi. You could be vulnerable. But if your mohus is a cover-up and it has to look good, so you could never be vulnerable. Because what are you going to be left with? You feel you're going to be left with nothing and therefore you're always protecting yourself and therefore you could never acknowledge mistakes and therefore you could never acknowledge wrongs and therefore you could never really say I'm sorry and it's a very tragic life. So you're always living with cover-ups and you can never be free. You can never be really loose. You're tough is what I'm saying. You understand? This is why Chassidus calls it Klippah. We have to change this. Uh, usually we hear the word clipper, I told you, from a very young age. Clipper, your clipper, everything is clipper, clipper. Clipper is a very deep idea. Anything that's based, that it's koyach comes because a cover-up is clipper. Anything that it's koyach comes even with pure transparency and no cover-ups, that's kedusha. And that's why he says, the ruach shtos is mechas ala emes. It always covers up emes. Anybody wants to ask anything before we go right? Okay. This is what he means. Why can a person do an Aveda? Because there's an insanity. What does it mean insanity? Insanity means it doesn't let you see things clearly. And because it doesn't let you think, see things clearly, so therefore you don't become emotionally aware of what you're doing and the consequences of what you're doing. When you're completely in touch with truth, not with cover-ups, the Gemara says, There's always a little insanity. Yeah. The line starts Shenichnas, page Yud Shenichnas. Velachein kasha mesidim amavatla maruach shtus. Shazau inyan deskafi setrachre shenichvaf metzis setrachre. Ola achre ize gam boyfriend shalus hapch. Shemis hapch hashtus dulu mazem. He name is a nivna mishkan shumayatzi shittim. The shittim ugamkin miloshen shtus. Ubay nasis avaydes hakarbonus. So he completes the idea. When a person fights the Ruach Shtus, and in two stages, there's a skafya sitrachin and a sapch. Skafya means you don't transform it, but you confront it. Skafya is a beautiful, what does a skafya mean? Another word that we have to explain. Skafya doesn't mean, how do you have, when you grew up, how do you understand what a skafya means? Huh? Okay. And what, what, what's its message? What's the objective? Huh? Self discipline. And what's the ultimate objective? Don't do it. Huh? Don't do it. Stop, no? Turn the energy into something. 
Okay. So iskafia could be very well. It could be misconstrued. The idea of iskafia is to break yourself, to destroy yourself. Iskafia says it means to destroy the clipper, not to destroy you. Right? Iskafia means to destroy the clipper in you. It's like you have a, a egois, what's a, a walnut? A walnut has a thick husk on it, right? So what do you do to get to the nut? You crack, you crack the shell and you have to extricate the nut and as long as you don't do it and you treat the nut as the food, the husk as the food, you chew on it, it's not a very comfortable meal. It's not a geshmaka way to live. So means you confront and you're kaifa. Kaifa means you subdue it, you, 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 you challenge it, you battle with it, you do not become a victim of it, you define it. And then you have a sapche. Sapche is already deeper. Sapche means that you actually transform. Sometimes I battle something and I may forever have to battle it. And then there's actually, I transform. The shtus de lumazan. From this you build a mishkan, which is what? Because it's a transformation of shtus, of the klippe into kedusha. You transform. You don't, in other words, you don't only fight it, you don't only battle it. You educate it to the point that that energy itself becomes converted, and that's the idea of the Mishkan, which is built from Atzi Shittim, where the Karbonis were, which the idea of the Karbonis, again, is Hala and Amshach. You can ask, this is all when there's a Beis HaMikdash. This is after the Churban also. Even though you don't have it physically, you have it all spiritually. As a result of his Kafir Nuchnis, which is Adam Kiyakriv Mikem. Alter Rebbe explains in the Kutatayra what's Adam Kiyakriv Mikem. Grammatically, right? The Pasuk should have been written differently. It had to say, you don't say a person who's going to offer from you. A person from among you who's going to offer. Adam, mikem, kiyakrev carbon. So the Alter Rebbe teaches, I know she'ikir akravas ha-karbon, sarachlias mikem. The Adam, kiyakrev. The first carbon is mikem, before we get to the animals, mikem. And then he continues, there's three types of animal souls. There's a behemoth, which is like an ox. There's bakar, there's tzayin. All of them in a person. So when the person brings the mikem as a carbon, brings it closer, brings it closer to the source, brings it closer to Hashem, this creates the This is the skafi sitra continuing the avoid of the seven tzaddikim, which creates the bossi legani, as they start in the beginning of Sifalov. There's a famous story that somebody once was sitting in front of the tzamach tzedek. And he tells the Tzamach Tzedek about his Zayda, the grandfather of the Rebbe, that somebody bought him a box, wanted to buy him a gift. You know the Maises. They bought him a silver box of Shmek Tabak, of snuff, tobacco snuff. So the Alter Rebbe said there's one organ in the human body that is not gluttonous. It's not addicted. It's not a Baltaya. And that's the nose. The nose is pretty innocent, relatively speaking. You know, some guy comes to Shul and say, did I sin with my nose last night? The eyes, the eyes, <laughs> the eyes can take you to interesting places, right? Especially if you have an iPhone. Your ears can take you to places, your mouth can take you, your hands, whatever, your legs, you know. Apam Hargoish, yeah. So Alter Rebbe said, one Avid is Nishtam Altaiva, Vilman das Eich Anstapp Metaiva. 
through the snuff box. So, so this person tells us that Yezeide took the box and he broke off the cover which was made from pure silver and he used it for Tzilin Shoresh. So the Tzemach Tzedek responded and he said, no. And this is how the Lashon he said in Yiddish. The Zayde is nish given shayach zu brechen. Nish zich or nish yemen. My grandfather was incapable of breaking. Not himself and therefore not other people. Also not even a snuff box. Aye, what did he do? He removed the hinges that connected the cover to the box and he used it for tefillin. What's pshat? Man said, al broke off the cover. No, my Zayde wasn't shaykh to that. So the Rebbe once explained in a Sikh Gavaldik of art, everything is Bidiuk. What's the idea of Tfilin? Tfilin is Shibud Haleva Amayach. What's Tfilin? Tfilin is to dedicate your heart and your mind to Hashem. So you would think, in order to use something for Tfilin, what do you have to do? You have to break it. You have to break it. So the Tzamaq says, no, my Zayda wasn't incapable of breaking. What did he do? He removed the hinges. Sometimes you're connected. You're, you're being schlepped down because you're connected to people or places or habits that don't let you become, become a part of Tfilin Shadrach. So you have to remove the chibur. You have to remove the things that are holding you down, that are connecting you in order to be able to go free. It's like if you hold a bird tied down, it can't fly. But the Nekudah is not that you want to break, you want to crush, you want to destroy the person. Fakert. You want to elevate, you want to sublimate, you want to bring out the pnimius, the mohus, the essence. You want to get rid of the sitrachli, you want to get rid of the klipa. So this is the nekuda of iskafi sitrach. Yeah. yeah. Breaking the klipa. Breaking the klipa. If he's dull, right. right, he should break. So it refers, there's still the concept of breaking. You, you just don't apply it. But it's not breaking you. It's breaking that which you think is you, and that which has attached itself to you, and wants to make you into something that's not you. That's very good to break. <laughs> that's a good thing to break. <laughs> if something attaches itself to you that's not really you, but it wants to replace the you, and it's taking you away from who you are, that's a very good thing to break. You understand? But the message is a very different message. And the Tzemach Tzedek would not tolerate that expression about the Alter Rebbe. Maybe the wrong word, break. Zebrechen. He said, "The zeid is not given shayich zebrechen. Nish zich or nish yena." I in Tanya it says so many times, right? Leiv nishbar, right? A whole pedik, pedik chavtes, a log that doesn't catch on fire, mevachin lay. Right? A whole pedik. So, what, what, what does it mean? The zeid is not given shayich zebrechen. Really? So, what this means is, and I'll say it very bluntly: If somebody learns a pedik Tanya, and the message they're getting from it is that Alter Rebbe wants to break them. They didn't learn the Pedic Tanya. They're learning another book. <laughs> They're learning messages that are coming from their own brain or maybe that they picked up somewhere. It may not be their fault at all. Usually not. But they're not learning the Sefer Tanya. If the message is he's breaking, so the Tzemach Tzedek says, this is not my grandfather. And he knew his grandfather very, very well. And he knew the Tanya also very well. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Same is true with Chinuch. If anybody thinks Chinuch is to break your child... In order to give you nachas, whoa, whoa, whoa. It nothing to do with chinuch. That has to do with our own issues that are unresolved and we need our children somehow to compensate for our voids and to become the people we need them to become so we could feel successful. Nothing to do with education. Education is never about breaking, ever. Even when I have to break something, it's only, what am I breaking? I'm breaking your perception of yourself as something which is completely alien to yourself. 
And there's a very big difference between the two. I always break the, the husk of the walnut in order to extricate the nut. So the Tzadok would be asking that his grandfather was shy to break and creep <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. By definition, clipper means a husk, a shell. And even in Klippe, the main objective of Chassidus wasn't Shvida. Even with Klippe, the main objective of Chassidus is persuasion. Persuasion. To talk. That's the idea of Chachma bin Adas. You talk to your animal soul. You don't just destroy it. It's not about destroying it, obliterating it. You talk, you have to educate it. It's like, it's like a puppy. You don't shoot the puppy when it makes it the, on the couch. You train it. You, you train it. Lahavdil, a child. The first time your child pours apple juice all over your carpet or your kitchen, right? You don't give them up for adoption. <laughs> I hope you don't do that, right? Child doesn't do homework. Okay, you're not my child anymore. I'm not making up a mitzvah for you. You're not living in my house anymore. It's not what you do, right? Even if the child does something destructive, it's a process of education, of refinement. You break a child, you don't break a child. You have to discipline a child sometimes, but it's about bringing out and helping the child realize who they can be. And the same is true with the Nefesh Bahamas. It's never about Stam Shvida. Yes, some things you have to break, you have to discipline, but it's always, the, the Nekud is about bringing out the Pnimius, talking to it, explaining it, educating it, refining it. And that's why the Tzaddik is ultimately capable of complete, completely transforming it. Why? Because he never stops educating. What, what's his Kayach? His Kayach is not... It's a miraculous kayach. His kayach is he never ever he never ever forgets that the, that the animal wants to be trained. Never take the animal too seriously. It really wants to be trained. It, its bark is much bigger than its bite. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, right. Now the Maime goes into phase two. Till now was basically a summation of the first five of the first four Prakim of Basilagani Tavshinyud, although very bikits. Now he starts the focus of Pedakhe. In order to overcome the Shtus de Lumaza, the insanity of Lumaza, the Shtus, you have to go into a place of Shtus Diktusha. Holy insanity. Now, that's a funny expression. But that's literally the translation. Holy insanity. My father-in-law explains in Basil again, Just like there is going below the das, as we explained last week, you remember, shtus of klip, but there's also going beyond das. Because he explained earlier in the Maimish, on the Pasek, kisiste ishtai sof sin, hey, Rashi says, shita pirusha inetia, to bend in one direction. Moving away from balanced das, the equilibrium of having wisdom, knowledge, and information. That's why shtus doesn't necessarily mean bad. Depends which direction. You can go this way, you can go that way. You're not in the center of the road. 
You gravitate, you're noite, you recline, you bend, this way or that way. Going below seichel, meaning it's not rational, it's ridiculous, it's absurd, it's insane. That's lamata mena seichel. But there's also going above seichel, shtus tiktush. Very deep uh, idea here. In other words, even in Yonim of Kedusha, sometimes a person is involved in Kedusha, but they don't fully comprehend it. They don't fully understand it. That's also, that's also a concept of Stus Tiktusha, which is I by them it's Lamata. So he says, because ultimately the reason is because in the essence of their soul, it's beyond Tamvadas, which means they see it. This is, this is back to what we discussed in the first Shia at length. You remember the Chilak of Seichel and Emunah, right? That Emunah doesn't compete with Seichel. It doesn't feel threatened by Seichel. Oh yeah, I can't think, I believe. You have too many questions. No. Emunah appreciates the contribution of Seichel. It values it. It cherishes it. But Seichel can take you to a certain place. It can't cross a certain... Can't, it takes you to the door, as we said, and you have to cross the door through Emunah. In, 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 in Yiddishkeit, what does this mean? Seichel can explain God exists. The creation must have a creator. But to experience Hashem, Seichel doesn't have the tools. Leis machshavet I gave you the marshal with the net, the holes in the net. You don't have the tools. It's not, he's not a mathematical equation. God is not a logical idea. He's not a moitzi mechaveri olavarai. It's not a svara. So what's a muna? Muna is really the ear, that the soul has eyes. That's a muna. Muna is essentially the eyes of the soul. Can the eyes be plugged? Of course, my eyes can be covered. My ears can be plugged. Soul is one, the muna is one of the senses, the sixth sense of the Jewish soul. It sees. Not Pesachel, and that's why a kasha doesn't make it weaker. Because if I see it, a question doesn't make it weaker. And a tedit doesn't make it stronger. So that's what he's saying here. That even in Yonam of Kedusha, that Alamata means I don't fully get it. But it's rooted in the essence of my soul where it sees it. And therefore it's Lamayla Metamadas. So it's called Shtus Tiktush. He continues in the Maimer of the Rayyabrayat that we find in Chazal the concept. And now he goes through the whole Gemara. The Gemara says in Ksuvis Yudzayin, Amra Lover Rabbi Rabbi Loy, Shayunaito Bachel Hadas, Manakal of Nakala. Rabbi Loy would take a Hadas twig and dance in front of a Kala, Rabbi Shmo, but of Yitzchak, Miraket at last, Shayunaito Sholish Bad in a Miraket. Shmo, but of Yitzchak would juggle three. Hadassim at a wedding to rejoice, to add joy to the Chassan and Kal. said the old man is embarrassing us. He's embarrassing wasn't just uh, an ordinary man. He was one of the leaders of the Amiroyim. He felt that this type of behavior, to jump around at a chasin and juggle three adasim, has no place mitzatam vedas of kedusha. In other words, a person who respects his position as a Talmud Chacham and understands what that means, logically and rationally, this is not a way to behave. It's embarrassing, it's lightheaded, it's, it's denigrating, it's, it, it's disrespectful. 
concludes the story when I'm sorry, when Shmuel passed at the funeral, there was a pillar of fire that separated between him, between the body of Reb Shmuel and the rest of the people. So this same Reb Zayda at the Levaya, the same Reb Zayda who said he's embarrassing us, said, He said that the stem, the shoite, the shoot of the Hadas is what created this fire. Others say the shtuse, the insanity. Others said the shita that he had. You see, he includes here all the three Lashonas. His shita, to take a shoit of hadas and dance in a behavior which is shtus of kedusha. this is what brought him to this level. That at after his passing, there was a giluyor. There was such a revelation of light that they experienced this unique revelation of light and an aura that it surrounded him and separated between him and them. This is the story that the Rebbe Ayaz brings to illustrate in Gemara concept of shtus dekdusha. Literally in Gemara, hanilei shtusei So it's not just a concept coined in Chsidis. The Gemara says there's a concept of shtus. Of Reb Shmuel Yitzchak that created such a giluyot as Reb Zayda himself put it in those words. It's obviously not a shtus of not kedusha. This is a shtus of kedusha that he himself was embarrassed by, and then later he conceded that he that this was something very special. David Amelach dancing, Mefazes and Mecharka, and his own wife, his own wife berated him for dancing that way. Yeah. Are we saying though that he was embarrassed? Or that people wouldn't understand what he's doing. That was embarrassing. So he explains the lechayda. The True, we explained to battle shtus, you need shtus. But what's the connection of shtus dafke to dancing at a wedding? Especially that it wasn't a temporary. Behavior, one moment, it was a special wedding, a special zman, a special place. This was a shita. What does it mean it was a shita? This was his philosophy. This was his perspective. This was his behavior. So what's the connection? That Dafka now, are we deciding to go to Shtus Tikdush? So this, the Maimon explains something about a wedding that represents a very lofty level, as he's going to say now, and therefore, the wedding warrants this type of behavior, which is Merakat. So you see how he's analyzing the lines of the wedding that the Vrit Gerebbe starts explaining something about an Ish V'isha. And this shows us why this warrants, this welcomes the Anag of Shtustiktush. The explanation is, What's the difference between dancing 
and walking. In both of them, we're moving our legs. Obviously, we're not sitting and we're not sleeping. But what's the difference when you're walking or when you're dancing? So we all understand the difference. The difference is quite practical. In both of them, you're moving your legs. But you can't compare, even if you want physically, the exercise of walking, walking in a normal, in a normal fashion, to dancing. What does it represent? Dancing is a whole different type of experience than walking. Of course, in both of them, you're lifting up your legs. In order to walk, you have to lift up the right leg and lift up the left leg. And in dancing, of course, you also have to lift up the legs. But the difference is, the Alter Rebbe says this in Lekutatayr, in Parshas Tzav, on the Maimer, in Halal, we say, Haharim rokdu cha'elim gvoyes kivnei sign. right? The mountains danced like elim, like um, rams. Haharim rokdu cha'elim, when the Jews came out of Mitzrayim. So Alter Rebbe says, Even though movement, walking, is also going up from level to level, and in Ruchni, it's from world to world, but it's a transition according to order and structure. Dancing means... There's no orderly transition. Just like in walking, I might take a step, one step at a time, and then you get from point, this point to that point. In dancing, the person is meaning he tears himself away from his present condition, and he leaps into the air. Of course, he's going to come back to the ground, and he's going to have to leap again. But Rikud represents not a transitional, orderly movement from one position to another position, but as he says, completely not orally, where he transcends his, his regular position into a new place. Just like you see when a person gets involved in dancing, in real dancing, right? There's an element, real dancing requires complete uninhibition. And when you're dancing, you know, I saw somebody dancing the other day at a simchan, he was checking his texts while he was dancing. <laughs> Came, came five minutes to somebody's simcha and he goes into the circle so all he can do when he's in the circle is he can, you never know what the text is going to be it could be a $50,000 offer so he has to check when you really get into dancing uninhibited <coughs> you're uninhibited those of you who really dance I'm not talking if you get drunk <laughs> that's something else then it's under with Rico then, <laughs> then it's, uh, it's, it's substance abuse or whatever it is but we're talking about we're talking about real Rikud. The real concept of Rikud is the person loses himself. Right? Real dancing, the person is not self-conscious anymore. It's not anymore a transitional, slow process of growth from this place to this place. It's uninhibited. It's radical. It's transformation. The person lets loose. The person is ready to fly up to the heavens and real dancing, you get into it and you're not self-conscious. You ever felt the experience? Huh? Were you completely not self-conscious? Huh? I'm talking with that. With substance, it's not a feeling. Then it's dumb confusion. Okay, that's true. So we're soon going to see that this is what a chasana needs. Why dafka ba chasana? It could be a gavaldi, could be there from the Rebbe. That this is a, to in order because this is what a wedding needs. In order to make a wedding happen, to make a shidduch last the way it should last. So this is what it requires. This the pasuk says, "Rokdu cheelim." They dance like rams. How cheelim shem bemdas? 
That's what it says in Lakuta Torah. It's like rams. Rams don't have das. They're not busy trying to be calculated and trying to be civil and trying to fit into a structure and trying to make sure they look good. If you hang out with rams, and certain parts of Muncie are conducive for it, so you know that Elim is ein bem das. So that's why Rokdu So you could look at a person dancing and say, he's a behemoth, he's dancing like he's jumping like a goat, he's jumping like a ram. MS, but the shoydish is lamailam in adas. It's not below das, it's beyond. They say a maise, there was once a rav, he held from himself very, very much. And he thought he was more brilliant than he actually was. It happens sometimes, not often, but it happens. So he gets up to give a long Shabbos Hagadot Russia. They invited him in a city. And there's a person sitting in the front row, and the rav starts speaking, and the guy goes like this. Yeah, he's making yes. And then two seconds later, the man starts making no. And then two seconds later, yes, and then no. A whole speech, yes, no, yes, no, for two hours. And the rabbi was thinking, wow, what a go He knows the whole shah, so this he agrees, this he doesn't agree. He runs over and he says, it's unbelievable that I had such a person in the oilam. When I started, you said, yeah, because you understood that this is my source. But then you probably had a question from this toysa, so you started to make no, right? But then you realize that this Taisvus answers your question, so you made yeah. But then you had a problem from Yerushalmi, so you made no. But then you realize that this Gemara answers, so you made yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. Would you like to become my Talmud Muvuk? So he says, the truth is, it's not what I was doing when I was doing yes, no. So he says, so what were you doing? He says, I had for many years in my house, I had a, a buck. A buck is an old goat. An old goat with a nice long beard. And I was very close to this buck. And uh, recently I lost it. And I'm looking for it everywhere. Now you suddenly came up. <laughs> and I looked at you. I looked at your beard. I looked at your shape. I looked at your mahalach. I looked at your manner. I said, this is my book. This is it. And then you opened your mouth. And the moment I heard you start talking, I'm like, yeah, this is it. But then I heard something you said afterwards. I said, no, 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 my book would have never said such a thing. So I said, no. But then you said something else. I said, yeah, it is my book. And then I went, no. So for two hours, I was debating back and forth. You are my book, you're not my book. So the Rav asks him, what was your maskana? What was your conclusion? So he tells him in Yiddish, a buck bistu abinisht meiner. Which means a buck you are, but you're not mine. <laughs> so you have a person at the surface, you look at the Pshmobar of Yitzchak, it's Rakhtu Chelem, he's like a ram. A ram doesn't have das. Shtus. But he says, the shaydish is, the shaydish is lamaila. Dancing, especially in a way of shtus, because there's dancing and there's dancing. Dancing generally is about going beyond your structure and not just slowly going from one place to another. But dancing, Rebzeda didn't have a problem with dancing. He had a problem with this person juggling all these adasim and jumping around. This was his problem. This is an aliyah shaloi barich, lamayla metam vadas. V'in yin zeh shaykh l'nisuyin, mitzad goyed lamayla shabin yin anisuyin. Huh? When you talk about Rosh Mubarak Yitzhak's dancing, that itself was lamayla metadas, so that's Yeah. But if you talk about something like lamayla metadas, so there's no avoida there, the person is just being themselves, I mean, they're lamayla, in other words, the maimers talk about an avoida of getting to a place of lamayla metadas. 
A person just being themselves in a state of Lamakmadas, they're dancing because they feel good by a wedding. And you're saying that that's coming from Lamakmadas, so then why do we need the mimer for that? That's just the natural state of a person. Avada. There's the maxadavst. I think what the mind is saying is, it's just the mind, that's the gabe to manashama. The gabe, then in Hoga, it looks like matamadavst. But there's a quench that he says. Before. Before. In the etzema nefesh, the b'chines So, but, so that sometimes even if in the person's experience it's lamata menatam badas, but if it's kedusha, so he says ba'etzem it comes from the ear. Right, hundred percent. It's a big avoda. It's going to be the maimer. Of course. Oh no, the maimer menatas. Everything medal the shayrish of a certain behavior a person has, but that 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 behavior is just the person's, you know. Depends if it's stus the clip or stus the ktusha. You're right. What are his motives? You know? What is? Ah. Is it this person is a big rod, and for him, it is lemal. For some ordinary person, it's not lemal. It's just okay. Every person has their stus the ktusha. That's true. It's going out of your comfort zone. It's, it's going out of your structure, going out of your comfort zone. And every person's comfort zone is something else. So sometimes a person goes out of their comfort zone, meaning they do things that are completely senseless, even, even weird, destructive, right? What we call meshugah, so to speak. And it's not coming from a place of... of of empowerment, of, of, of holiness, of sensitivity, of depth. On the contrary. I, I, I think Shmuel Munkus is a void that You mean his humor? His humor. He, he, he did comical things. He did things which are which uh, seemed absurd, but he wasn't. He was a tzaddik. He was doing it. His motives, the pneumatica motives were 100% mushrush uh, and kedusha. Yeah. But his, his external behavior was coming. For, so, for, for one person, it could be sometimes a telephone call. To a certain person, it's for him, it's going completely out of his comfort zone. For another person, it's, it's, it's talking to a particular individual. It's taking on a certain project, right? It's doing something. Whatever it could be, every person in his or her tchum has those things that are outside of their comfort zone. And that's shtus, but it's shtus it's that dance with the three hadasa. What's now the connection to the wedding? That the wedding is what warrants this. So for starters, every shidduch is lamaylam etam vadas. A relationship between a man... A relationship between a man and a woman is lamaylam etam vadas. Huh? Rationally? <laughs> Rationally? Rationally, it's not poshut. We live today, unfortunately, in a society, a secular society, where there's 50% divorce. So people ask, why? The answer is, why not? <laughs> why not? Two people living together, different personalities, 
different needs, different desires, different mishagas, different idiosyncrasies. 50% of the time it works, but the time it doesn't work. It takes a tremendous amount of bittel, lamaila metam vadas, the, the ability to understand that life is about going out of your comfort zone and going out of that which makes sense and is easily fits into your structure where you ultimately fulfill your mission. The first taste was a I think even if they have that, some will drive you out of it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're not going to go there, but yes, I hear you. The Gemara says, When a man and a woman are zoiched, the shechina comes between them. The ishu eishud, the ishu eishhei. You have eish of yud and eish of hei. So when you have ish and isha together, you have yud and hei. Which is part of Hashem's name. From Hashem's name, Yud Hey is the higher part of the name. And that's an Ish and an Ish. So when an Ish and an Ish come together, what do you have essentially? When they are unified, when there's a happy home, when there's a good, when there's peace in the home, Zachu, you have not only the Shechina, you have Yud Hey that comes together. When you take out the yud and the hay, you have esh and esh, the Gemara says. You have fire and fire, esh and esh. So therefore we see that there's something very unique, very holy. Yud ke, not even vav ke, higher than vav ke, that comes dafka when a husband and a wife are together. It's a keli for something beyond the regular gili ashkin. yud the flow to the man and the woman comes from Yudhe, but the source is even beyond. Kedula Kaman, as will be explained. And that's why the result of a marriage is Binyanadayad, which means hopefully it's an eternal structure. And an eternal doesn't only mean for that generation, but it means for eternity. As he says in the Maimer, Usually everything we do is defined by time and place. A binyanadeyad means it has the power of eternity. It's not limited in a certain space. It's not limited in a certain time. Marriage is the only experience in life that gives the people the power to create eternity. Any business you build, any building you build, even a talented person like you, ultimately it's limited. It's a structure. Even Lehman Brothers, you have huge businesses, 100 years, 150 years, but at some point it dissipates. Nothing stands. Rome also didn't stand forever. And ultimately everybody ends up in Wikipedia. <laughs> the only exception where we defy mortality is through marriage. In other words, we become superhuman. We become superhuman. That's beyond the structure of man, beyond life. That's the power of children. That's the power of binyanada. It's something completely beyond yourself. And because it's beyond yourself, therefore it's a binyanada lamailam is manamak. And therefore, this is even beyond Yudkes, he's going to explain. And therefore, he's going to explain why this warrants the dance 
why the dancing was dafka at a wedding. 